sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. It's still a happy hour in our second and final hour of a Friday right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. I understand it's only 10 a.m. Eastern time now, but as we get ready for the weekend, our final hour together here on TMA this week is still happy hour. Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network as well, I am Ben Stevens. It is a football Friday here on the morning after. I can say that again. We have actual football on the gridiron this weekend and more news around the NFL and what has already been an insane offseason. It continues to churn. Now less than two weeks out from the NFL draft in Las Vegas. We also have some news regarding one of the best quarterbacks from a young perspective in the NFL. Reports yesterday from NFL Network's Tom Pelissero that if the Arizona Cardinals do not sign Kyler Murray to a new deal, a big-time contract extension after his rookie deal, then Kyler Murray will not play for the Cardinals this year. Of course, the NFL world was set abuzz when Kyler unfollowed the cards and took all of his photos in Cardinals gear off of his Instagram, and then he sent that long letter on behalf of his agent or his agent on his behalf out to Arizona saying, we want to be your quarterback, but pretty much pay me the money. Well, since then, Kyler has watched mega deals and blockbuster trades and record-breaking contracts and guaranteed money for guys like Aaron Rodgers and seeing what other quarterbacks like Derek Carr earlier this week are getting in terms of extension prices. That's what Kyler wants right now. And he says if there's not a new deal in place by the start of this season, then my services as a quarterback also will not be there out in the desert for the Arizona Cardinals. As we look at the NFC Championship odds right now, the Cardinals have the seventh best price to win the NFC at 13 to one, five and a half dollars behind both the Niners and the Cowboys who are plus 750. So there is a little bit of a drop off, but unlike in the AFC, that is a lot more competitive. The NFC is up in the air. And if you were to slot out these odds just based on where they stack up, Arizona should be right in prime position to be at least an NFC wildcard team this upcoming postseason. As you can see there, the Rams tied for the second best price at plus 500. LA, a reigning Super Bowl champion. They are the favorites to win the NFC West. The Niners are ahead of the Cardinals in both the divisional and conference odds, but Arizona not far behind. Without Kyler Murray, that price is going to look a lot different. Just a guy giving his two cents here based on more two cents and a lot more than two cents in terms of money for a new contract. I think they'll come to a deal. And I think Kyler Murray will be the day one starter for Cliff Kingsbury in the Arizona Cardinals as we get underway in the 2022 NFL season. The Rams are tied for the second best price in the NFC, plus 500. The Bucks are the favorites at plus 320. The Green Bay Packers are also tied for the second shortest odds. The Packers signing Sammy Watkins to a one-year deal worth up to $4 million 
yesterday. He will add on to a different wide receiver core now for Aaron Rodgers as Devontae Adams plays for the Las Vegas Raiders. And here in the last couple of minutes, Stephon Gilmore, the 2019 Defensive Player of the Year in the NFL back when he was a New England Patriot, just signed with the Indianapolis Colts. Indy, the favorites right now in the AFC South Division with short odds relative to Tennessee at plus 110. Plenty of action continuing to happen in the NFL offseason. A welcome to our Sports Grid radio audience. Here, our second and final hour of a Friday edition of the morning after. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. So, Stefan Gilmore just happening in the last couple of minutes, according to reports, and Adam Schefter of ESPN, according to his sources, Stefan Gilmore has signed a two year deal with the Indianapolis Colts. And as I mentioned, the Colts are the favorites currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the AFC South. Plus 110 is the price on Indy. Plus 125 is the price on Tennessee. Just 15 cents of difference there in the AFC South. But that's football in September. There's football this weekend. The USFL gets underway. Back in action, a new spring football league looking to capitalize on the football fever we all have. The third spring football league to be born in the last four years. A couple of things to know about the new USFL. All games will be played in Birmingham, Alabama. There are two divisions, four teams in the North Division, four teams in the South. The top two teams from each division will make the USFL postseason. And those odds right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Michigan Panthers and the Tampa Bay Bandits, keeping the original names from the original USFL, are the co-favorites. Plus 450, the price on Michigan and Tampa Bay. But again, they will all play their football in Birmingham, Alabama, throughout the duration of this USFL season. The New Orleans Breakers, a dollar behind at plus 550. But you can see it right there. FanDuel Sportsbook bookmakers right now, not entirely certain about the product we are going to see on the field. The odds all within two and a half dollars of each other for even the favorites to win the USFL title in 2022. In the first game up features the hometown team and the Birmingham Stallions, a two and a half point home favorite tomorrow night against the New Jersey Generals. And if you look at those odds, three of the four are at two and a half points for a spread. The Pittsburgh Maulers are a four and a half point dog against the Tampa Bay Bandits, but the first game up tomorrow night, USFL action returns. The Stallions, a two and a half point favorite and over under at 42 and a half. The USFL season begins this weekend. The Major League Baseball season is just underway. To the streets of New York we go. Benny and the Bets is next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on this Friday right here on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, now very pleased to welcome back onto the show. It is our executive producer in the mornings here on the Spiz Grizz. It is Alex Fasano, who also doubles as our field producer out on the mean streets of Manhattan for Benny and the Bets. Fasano, a fresh cut for a Friday. The weather is starting to turn here on the East Coast. We're feeling pretty good here on a Friday on TMA. 
That is right, Ben. It is a Friday. Uh, before we get into the fun, I just have to mention some thoughts and prayers up to Hockey Hall of Famer, Islander legend Mike Bossy passing away this morning. I got the Islander polo on. You know, he's one of the greatest goal scorers ever. So I just had to just had to give a little shout out to one of the greatest Islanders, greatest hockey players of all time. But hey, it's springtime, Ben. A time for rebirth, a time to refresh. We got baseball season in full swing. What do you think so far of the season that we've seen so far? How's the competition been? I think it's been a great one to begin. I think the Chicago Cubs are a pleasant surprise. Say a Suzuki has been sensational for Chicago. The Dodgers starting to round into form. The Braves slightly disappointing. I wish I was my roommate, Tim Carlin, who is on his way to City Field right now for the Mets home opener in the unveiling of a Tom Seaver statue. The Mets six and one on the run line this year. The best run line record so far in Major League Baseball. It is a beautiful Friday for some beautiful daytime baseball. And as we celebrate and remember the importance of Jackie Robinson, it is also Jackie Robinson Day in MLB as well. So a celebration on many fronts for this Friday of baseball, Fasano. Oh, what I would give to be there. Me and Jesse would love to be having some Cracker Jacks over at the Shea Bridge watching that statue Ooh. of Tom Seaver get unveiled. Maybe taking a picture at the Jackie Robinson Rotunda over there mm. in City Field. So obviously baseball in full swing. Everybody's excited, especially the people of New York City. So why don't we all take a deep breath, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of Benny and the Bets. Start singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game and grab your Cracker Jack because spring is in the air and a new baseball season has begun. Today we hit the streets of Manhattan to ask New Yorkers who they think is going to win the World Series and maybe even the MVP. Who do you think is going to win the World Series this year? I don't care. You don't care? Who do you think is going to win the World Series this year? I'm going to ask for some of the... Come on. Uh, is baseball dead? Did Rob Manfred do this? Who do you think is going to win the World Series this year? Who do you think is going to win the World Series this year? 0 oh, for 3, that's a strikeout. And would you look at this? Hey, Benny the Bets first. Benny's sister, Andy. Hello. Andy, who do you think is going to win the World Series this year? Um, I wish I knew who was playing, so I'll go with the Dodgers who are representing our hometown. The Brooklyn Dodgers, who else? Brooklyn Dodgers? That's it. What about the LA Dodgers? Brooklyn, it's only about Brooklyn. Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins in New York. Great stuff, Carlos Correa. Boston Red Sox. Red Sox. The Braves. Yeah, Braves again. I'm going to go Atlanta again. The Nationals. Wow, that was very loud with a lot of bravado. Why are you so confident? Because they're a good baseball team. The Nationals all the way. Me. You're going to win the World Series. I am. Why are you so confident? I, I don't know, man. I just am. Philadelphia Phillies. Philadelphia Phillies, if they can play some defense. <laughs> Mets. The New York Mets, you feel confident? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. I think the Mets are gonna win it. The Mets are gonna win it. I hope it's the Mets. What's it is? Yeah. Yeah, the, the Yankees. Yankees of New York. Yankees. Yeah. Only Yankees. Only Yankees. Only Yankees win the World Series. Only Yankees. They're the best. They haven't won in a while, though. But they're gonna win this year. New York Yankees or New York Mets? Yankees. For sure? For sure. The Mets. The Mets. Yankees. Yankees. The Mets. The I, Mets. I don't know who's gonna win it. Who do you think is gonna win the MVP? Could be Lindor. I can't see why it couldn't be him. Uh, Soto. Let's go with uh, my buddy Judge, actually. I say uh, Vlad Guerrero. Vlad Guerrero Jr. We're staying in Canada. <laughs> you got it. Aaron Judge was offered a $213 million extension he said no to. Yep. What if I offered you $213 million? I'd be going right to the bank on that one, man. What would you do with $213 million? Uh, yeah, uh, my future is to set up. 
my future, my grandkids, everything is set up. Well, I put $1 in the bank and go to Vegas with the rest. I'll speak to my age and make sure I negotiate the best deal. You think $213 million is the best deal? I think you got get a little more. Love baseball. How much? Not that much. Boom! Now the flip. Oh! What a swing. Now flip it. And he caught it. Boom, bat flip it, bat flip it. Oh. <laughs> another great episode, another another classic episode in the Benny and the Bets archive. But Ben, let me ask you, what would you do with $213 million if you were offered that contract? I'm going with my man, the Brooklyn Dodgers fan, even though they're in Los Angeles now. I'm putting $1 in the bank, let it grow some interest rates, and I'm taking the rest to Vegas and we double and we double that and we double that with the sharp with the smart sharp wagers that we give you here as we bleed the winning edge on sports grid not sharp I think that's a bad word <laughs> it's okay we'll just we'll edit that out we bleed the winning edge here at the Spiz Grizz so let's get into what everybody loves this segment about it's not Benny and the bets it's the producer picks and we're gonna start <laughs> with our guy Joe the stat man He's going with the NBA play-in tournament, Ben. It's the final round. It's your last chance to get into the postseason. So he's doing something very peculiar. A two-team, two-leg, money-line parlay taking the Clippers wow. and the Hawks. I mean, you put two favorites together, you get plus money. I mean, that's a pretty good plus money for some two favorites here in a do-or-die situation in the play-in tournament. A chalky, chalky play from intern Joe Frizo, the stat man. But the Atlanta Hawks now, the line slightly working against them. It's only two in favor of the Hawks on the road in Cleveland tonight against the Cavs. And now back up to four in favor of the Clippers at home in L.A. Fasano, we have seen tons of line movement even on this Friday morning as we get ready for the final games of the play-in tournament tonight. But Joe going with the chalk, hey, maybe it hits for the guy. Yeah, you know, we're seeing a lot of line movement. You said it. It's a gorgeous Friday. Everybody's getting their bets in before the Friday beers start flowing. Ooh. So let's see if this two-leg parlay is a hit. Now we're going to go into my pick because, Ben, you mentioned in the last segment, we got some spring football going on. It's the USFL, the return. Yep. And now... I'm going with the Stallions, minus two and a half on the spread. You know why? Because you mentioned it. All the games are being played in Birmingham. So the Stallions are technically always the home team. So I figure why not? The inaugural game of the season, you know, the first team out there, you're the home team. Give me the Stallions on the spread. Fasano, this is why I love you. Because on a football Friday now, because it's technically a football Friday, if there's football games this weekend, you have the football pick the Birmingham Stallions and the New Jersey De Generals and the Houston Gamblers all tied for the longest odds to win the USFL this year at 7-1. to one. But the Stallions, a 2.5-point favorite against the Generals tomorrow night. And again, it is in Birmingham. I like the play. I like it a lot, Fasano. Yeah, it's really weird, Ben. Why are they so favored in the opening game, but they're the longest odds to win the whole league? I mean, it's very peculiar. We're going to see a lot 
of this USFL. Watch this market move all season yep. long. Hopefully we get through half the season. Shout out to the USFL. Let's go. We love spring football. All right, but it's baseball season. We got our graphics guy, Jesse Metzger. He's going with the Mets run line. Yep. I mean, they're taking on the Diamondbacks. Yep. Chris Bassett on the mound. We saw what he did against Washington last week. I mean, hey, it's opening day at City Field. They're unveiling a Tom Seaver statue. Meet the Mets. I love it, Jesse. Let's go, baby. Let's go, New York. Pray for the bug lights in Queens, New York today because they are not going to live a very long life. Again, Jesse Metzger, one of the sharpest handicappers in the producer plays. Our graphics producer paying attention to this show. The Mets, the best run line record in all of MLB this year. Six and one on the run line covering by an average margin of two runs per game. I love it against the D-backs where the Mets are a minus 245 favorite. Fasana, you take that haircut into the weekend, my friend. You're looking good. I hope you have a great one as well. More of the morning after continues up next on the other side of the break. We focus on Major League Baseball. The Friday slate around the diamond. Robert Murray joins us next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A day of celebration, a day of remembrance of the legend that is Jackie Robinson in Major League Baseball. April 15th every year and number 42 worn all around MLB. We look forward to a Friday slate of Major League Baseball right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Very pleased to welcome back onto the show it is Burt Murray, a national MLB insider for Fansided, joining us here on this Friday to look at the early beginnings of this Major League Baseball season. Now, Burt, just over a week old here in 2022. Thank you for joining us on this Friday. Hey, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. So, Burt, before we dive into the slate for this Friday lineup, let's look back on last night. Two teams that have been pleasant surprises so far met up in Colorado, the Rockies, hosting the Cubs the Rockies booked as a favorite for the first time this year but it's the Cubbies on the road in Coors Field that win five to two the Cubs three and one straight up as an underdog this year but both teams four and two overall this year what have you made of the relatively surprising starts for both Chicago and Colorado yeah, entering the year, I thought the Cubs had a chance of surprise just because they signed Suzuki, they signed Marcus Stroman, they signed a bunch of other players who have a lot of success so far in the major leagues. So they had the recipe to at least be somewhat competitive, but the Rockies being over 500, I know it's only six games into the year, but them being four and two, I don't think anybody saw that coming, even, even after signing Chris Bryant, which was, in my opinion, still the most surprising and kind of head-scratching for agent signing I can remember in a long time, but... Um, yeah, I, I don't expect them to be able to continue this just because they don't have a lot of talent. They're in probably the hardest division in baseball, but so far a nice surprise to start the year for sure. Certainly so. And a big surprise when you win two of your first three in the opening weekend set. Yes, at home, but against 
the World Series favorites, the L.A. Dodgers. That's what Colorado did. Three of the four games inside Coors Field, by the way, so far this year, hitting the under. Coors Field overs, maybe a little bit overblown so far in the 2022 MLB season. And yesterday, Bert, we saw Shohei Otani on the bump for the Angels against the Rangers. Not the best start for Shohei. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr., after a night where he hit three home runs inside Yankee Stadium, he goes 0 for 4 at the dish against Luis Severino and the Yanks yesterday. But both right now on FanDuel, Bert, book as co-favorites to win the American League MVP at plus 380. Do you expect this to be a tight race for the AL MVP all season long? I absolutely do, because you're talking about two generational talents. Like Otani, he's an elite pitcher, or elite hitter, a very good pitcher, I should say. And then you have Guerrero Jr., who's capable in one night, as we saw, of hitting three homers and just taking the entire Blue Jays team and putting them on his back and leading them to victory. And last year he was really good. And basically what we saw was even though Guerrero Jr. was really just a dominant player, Otani ended up running away with it um, just because he had both the pitching and the hitting. I would expect it to be closer this year. I still think Otani's the favorite, but it's not going to be as wide of a margin this year as it was for last year. And maybe now it's some of the expectation for how incredible Shohei Otani is. And although it's incredible what he's doing, some voter fatigue as they look maybe to Vladdy Jr. So far this year, though, Shohei just hitting 172 for his batting average at the dish. So we'll see how that progresses as the year keeps rolling along. A team that was rather surprising in this second series of the year, Bert. The Oakland Athletics take three of four on the road against the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Rays are one of the most consistent teams in all of baseball. Oakland traded so many players before the season got underway. Was it surprising to you to see Oakland win the series against Tampa Bay? A complete stunner to me. And, I mean, you don't expect the A's to win many series this year, but let alone against the Tampa Bay Rays, who continually are one of the most surprising great teams in baseball considering their payroll. But the A's have something that I talked about there's a couple people in baseball who gave me this opinion and it made sense is every series that the A's play this year, they're going to be the underdog, meaning they have no pressure on them whatsoever because they've traded all of these pieces and they're basically playing with a really good minor league team at this point. Um, and all these other teams are going to have the pressure on them to have to at least beat them two out of three or three out of four of these. And if they don't, it's a failure. And the A's are basically playing with house money. They have no pressure and so far, they're playing really loose. And you talk to people around that team, and they're having fun. It's like they're not feeling pressure. It's just, I'm not going to say they're going to be a 500 team, but they're not going to be, or they might not be as bad as, as most people thought entering the year, considering all the moves they made. Yeah, maybe not a doormat in the American League. They are booked as an underdog today up in the Great White North against Toronto, plus 160 for the Oakland Athletics, but that can be a dangerous team when they have nothing to lose and a profitable team with that much plus money on a daily basis across Major League Baseball. So as we continue to go around Major League Baseball, the Cleveland Guardians in their home opener today hosting the San Francisco Giants. Bert, the Guardians off to a good start as well, and San Francisco looks to be as consistent as they were last year how do you break down this matchup between the Giants and the Guardians yeah I think even though the Guardians are the the home team here they're, they're playing in their home opener I still think the Giants enter this series as the favorite to at least take it 
just because they were the best team, at least in the regular season last year, in all of baseball. And this year it's been more of the same. Their pitching staff is just flat out dominant. Uh, their hitting is, there's some questions there, but I will say that Joey Bart, um, there is a lot of concerns entering the year about him and his ability to replace Buster Posey. He is a sneaky candidate to win rookie of the year this year. There's a lot of mm. Giants people who are absolutely buzzing about him and think he's going to end up being a superstar for one, for his bat, because he's got really good power. And they also think he's got gold glove ability behind the plate. So um, I think that's something that they're very optimistic about. But the, the Guardians, they have pieces. They extended Jose Ramirez and Miles Straw. Uh, they have good pitching, but I still think the Giants enter this season or enter this series as a favorite. But um, it should be relatively competitive, especially this first game, because you know the juju is going to be absolutely flowing at that ballpark. Yeah, absolutely. So Joey Bart right now on FanDuel, the sixth best price to win the National League Rookie of the Year at 18-1. to A name and a number to keep an eye on, as Burt Murray laid out right there, maybe as this long MLB season prolongs. And Stephen Kwan on the other side for Cleveland, plus 650 with the third best odds to win the AL Rookie of the Year. A historic start to his rookie campaign for Stephen Kwan as a member of the Cleveland Guardians. Burt Murray joining us here on a Friday on the morning after looking at today's Major League Baseball slate in the first week plus now of the Major League Baseball season. A national MLB insider for Fansided. And Bert, you had uh, a couple of reports or a, a story about this of the San Francisco Giants and what that pitching staff looks like this year for San Francisco. Carlos Rodon, a new acquisition from the Chicago White Sox, gets the start on the road today in Cleveland. How important will that pitching staff be for the Giants this year if they want to get back to the postseason? Yeah, it's crucial for them. And you look at their pitching staff, and that's how they're built to win. Their their hitting is going to be good, but it's their pitching that's always been their bread and butter. And you have a, a top two of Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon, which that can compete with al almost anybody in the National League. Uh, the Brewers, to me, they have the best pitching staff, but the Giants are not far behind, at least at the top. Um, and a guy like Rodon gives them a left-hander alongside Alex Wood, which is something they really needed entering this year. And he's got, last year he was the best pitcher in the American League, or at least one of them. Um, so adding him on this offseason on a short-term deal, I thought made a lot of sense on a high average annual value. Um, and in this kind of a series too, where he's got familiarity against the Guardians, I think you should have no problem mowing him down. I think that's going to end up being one where um, the Giants end up winning this game pretty handedly, and Rodon's going to end up like being a big reason for that the guardians and the giants in cleveland's home opener today the atmosphere should be electric i know with certainty because two of my good friends are there right now that the atmosphere is going to be insane at city field for the mets home opener today against the arizona diamondbacks a day baseball game up in queens where the mets are a minus 250 favorite so far this year Bert, new york the best team on the run line in all of major league baseball how impressed have you been by the start for new york i have been shocked uh because their pitching staff has been hurt this year uh they've been missing jacob Degrom, who's i think the consensus best pitcher in baseball and a surefire hall of famer if he continues at this pace um and in this game at least I would be careful with the Mets. Uh, there have been reports that they might be dealing with a COVID outbreak. Um, oh. And we don't know who's going to be missing or who potentially would be missing from that. But um, like that, 
that would be something to keep an eye on if you're betting on that game. But um, in terms of the Mets overall, I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised. And Buck Showalter's done a really nice job um, getting that team ready to go despite all these injuries. I know there's been some questions with his bullpen usage so far, but I mean, what team doesn't have that throughout the season? I mean, somebody's always going to be questioning the bullpen, but um, so far they've been one of the nicest surprises. Um, and they're actually like meeting the expectations of their talent, which I mean, that's not something they've done in the past. So hats, or hats off to them. And Chris Bassett making his home debut for the Mets, a newly acquired piece from the Oakland Athletics to add to that strong pitching staff. Burt Murray joining us here on the morning after on this Friday, a national MLB insider for fan-sided breaking down the slate and what the early portion of this Major League Baseball season looks like so far. Burt, thank you so much for your time. Have an awesome weekend. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Have a good one, my friend. Of course, we appreciate your time as always. We go back to the NBA play-in tournament and a look at the game out in the Western Conference. On the West Coast in Los Angeles tonight, the Clippers and the Pelicans. The line is moving back in favor of L.A. We break down that matchup next here on The Morning App. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Two final play-in tournament games before the NBA playoffs begin in earnest. This weekend, we break down that playing tournament matchup in Los Angeles tonight between the Clippers and the Pelicans right now on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Helping us to break down the game inside the Crypto.com arena tonight is Lucas Hahn. He joins us here on TMA covering all things Clippers basketball. Lucas, thank you very much for your time here on TMA on this Friday. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ben. So as we look at the matchup, we have seen line movement both ways here, Lucas. It is now back up to four points in favor of L.A. at home tonight in Los Angeles. Before we look at the matchup against the Pelicans, how do you expect, Lucas, the Clippers to respond off the loss on Tuesday night in Minneapolis? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be focused. You know, if you watch that game, they executed their sort of plan A against Carl Anthony Towns very well. Uh, it was when Carl Anthony Towns went out in the game, it didn't seem like uh, the Clippers kind of felt like, oh, we got this. And then it didn't really work out for them that way with Towns on the bench. So from the perspective inside the locker room right now is, hey, it works. We can do what we want to do. We kind of it worked too well. We weren't ready for the contingency, but they feel like they can execute their plan A and beat you know any team that they go up against. So from a schematic perspective, what do you expect to be the key matchup tonight against New Orleans? Yeah, I think it's going to be Paul George, Paul George versus um, Herbert Jones on the Pelicans. It's going to be on the other end of the court this time offensively because Herbert Jones has been a fantastic defender. The Pelicans play so big with Jackson Hayes in the starting lineup now. They got 6'8", 6'8", 6'11", 7 foot. So can Paul George not only score for himself but create offense for others playing against all of that length in the Pelicans defense it's really the Clippers' offense is probably the biggest variable in this game as opposed to the Clippers' defense. Paul George's points prop tonight, 27.5 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Lucas, how many points do you think that Clippers' offense needs out of playoff P this evening? It's a good question. You know, the Clippers have had a lot of success 
in the two weeks or so that Paul George has been back without him scoring a ton of points. They've been winning games with him scoring 15, 18 points because as a team, uh, they know, uh, opponents know he's the one star. So opponents are double teaming him. The ball comes out of his hands. And then it's the other guys, Nico Batum, Marcus Morris, right, uh, who are combining to hit 20, 22 three-pointers and the Clippers are winning these games. So it would not surprise me uh, to see Paul George actually come in underneath that 27 and a half number this tonight. A game-high 34 points for PG against the Minnesota Timberwolves on Tuesday night. For Paul George to score 30 or more points on FanDuel is plus 138. So you mentioned Nicolas Batum, Markeith Morris, and you look at some of the others as a part of this Clippers roster. Who needs to step up outside of Paul George tonight for the Clippers to get this win in advance as the number eight seed in the West? Yeah, Norman Powell is a guy who I think I have my eyes on. He only had nine shot attempts in that game on Tuesday against Minnesota. He said after the game, he knows the team looks to him to be kind of the number two offensive option, that nine shot attempts wasn't enough, that he needs to be more aggressive. And with push come to shove, he's the second best player on this team. It's an elimination game. I think that Ty Lube will probably play him a little bit more than he played him on Tuesday. I think that he will look for his own shot more than he did on Tuesday based on his own comments. Marcus Morris, my apologies. I called him Markeith. His points prop tonight, though, for Marcus Morris, 12 and a half. Nothing listed yet for Norman Powell. My guy, Lucas, is Reggie Jackson. His points prop is 17 and a half. His three-point prop is something we'll get to in just a couple of moments. But last year in the postseason, we coined Reggie Jackson Mr. June here on the morning after. How big will he have to be tonight for the Clippers to find success? Oh, he's a huge part of what they do. Reggie Jackson, you know, the Clippers are in this really interesting situation where their best players haven't played all season and they've been carried by these kind of second tier role players. Reggie Jackson has been the guy all year. Multiple game winners, as you mentioned, last year in the playoffs, nine games of 20 or more points during that Clippers Western Conference Finals run. He's the guy that they've kind of lived and died with Reggie Jackson this season. And I think that Ty Lue is going to continue to ride Reggie Jackson very hard. He is he is the heart and soul of this team, even as Paul George is the superstar. As Lucas mentioned, a ton of points last year. His three-point prop, two and a half tonight. Last year in the postseason, over that number in 15 of 19 games for the L.A. Clippers. Lucas joining us here on the morning after previewing the Clippers and the Pelicans tonight in Los Angeles, the final playing game in the West to decide the number eight seed in the Western conference playoffs a four-point spread in favor of la and over under total at 216 and a half lucas you mentioned the key matchup for the clippers tonight paul george against herb jones but on the other side cj mccollum a huge night for the pelicans on wednesday 32 points brandon ingram a man that knows los angeles very well 27 points for new orleans as well what do you expect defensively out of la this evening the Clippers have historically done very well against C.J. McCollum, going back to his time in Portland. Uh, and I think that that's a matchup that they just like. They have length. They know they can use the length against him. He's a smaller guard. Brandon Ingram has given them trouble at times. Jonas Valanciunas has given them trouble at times, yeah. uh, playing at the center position, spacing the floor against Evita Zubats, who likes to stay home around the rim. So I think the Clippers will, uh, will have a bit of a challenge defensively against the Pelicans, especially because the Clippers... When they go smaller with their bench, they don't necessarily have a lot of guys who have the length to contest those Brandon Ingram shots. It's going to be a great, great match of the points prop, as you saw there for McCollum, 25 and a half for B.I., 23 and a half. Jonas Valanciunas, 
against the Spurs on Wednesday night, a double-double of 22 points in 14 rebounds. So, Lucas, as we look at tonight's game, as I mentioned, the spread has worked both ways. It opened at five in favor of the Clips. It got down to three and a half. Now it stands at four on the FanDuel Sportsbook. What's your prediction for this evening? Will the Clippers continue on as the number eight seed in the West? You know, I do want to say that uh, that the Clippers will win, but I would take I would take the Pelicans plus four at this point. I think that mm. this is going to be a really tightly contested game. It's a coin flip. You know, it, it comes down to these elimination games always get a little bit messy, a little bit ugly. Both teams trying their hardest, and the Clippers just at the end of the day. They don't have the reps together on the court with Paul George only playing in 31 games this year. Norman Powell breaking his foot as soon as they acquired him at the trade deadline. Yeah. I just think that what we saw on Tuesday was when Minnesota really buckled down intensely on defense late in the game, the Clippers didn't have a lot to fall back on because they don't have a ton of familiarity together in their lineups. I think we probably will see the same thing in the second half tonight. So whoever wins this game becomes the number eight seed in the Western Conference. A first round matchup against the Phoenix Suns awaits. And Lucas, the Suns flip to a minus money favorite to win the West on the FanDuel Sportsbook this morning at minus 110. If it is indeed the Clippers, what do you think of LA's outlook in that first round series against Phoenix? You know, the Clippers are a veteran team. They played the Suns in the Western Conference Finals last year without Kawhi Leonard, took that series to six games. But again, I think the Suns are better now than they were at that time when they played in the Western Conference Finals last year. I think the Clippers are probably a little bit worse because of what I've just talked about with the, the familiarity with their lineups. So I think the Clippers will go in as this veteran battle-tested team and they will make the Suns earn it. But at the end of the day, the level that these two teams are each playing at right now, I think it would probably be a Phoenix and five series. I don't think it would be particularly close that the Clippers would have a chance of advancing. Would we see our guy, Suns and Four guy, back out there for the opening <laughs> round against the Clippers? Maybe, just maybe. So, the whole idea here for LA, as we look at some of their odds now to win the Western Conference, if they do get any reinforcements, and Lucas, I ask about Kawhi Leonard now. Has there been any sort of injury or status update on Kawhi, who we know keeps injury news pretty close to the, uh, to the chest? Well, we did just cross the nine-month threshold from the date of his surgery yesterday. Nine months is sort of the informal barometer at times. Uh, you would never really see an NBA player return from an ACL reconstruction in less than nine months. The question then becomes, where's the tipping point of, oh, he's feeling well enough now to come back into this lineup uh, and play in playing games, playoff games after missing an entire season? The Clippers have not closed the door. They've said, if he's cleared and he feels good, we will play him. But at this point, it's hard to see where the ab like what the pathway is for him to actually see the court again this season, particularly because mm -hmm. players, even superstars, tend to need a little bit of time after an ACL surgery to shake that rust off, feel comfortable, feel confident, be aggressive. And he hasn't had that. And to throw him into high stakes games seems like it could work out poorly for him and the team. Has the Clippers organization heard anything from Kawhi as it comes to this based on anything that you've heard about when Kawhi might be able to return? The Clippers and Kawhi are, are in constant communication. He's at the facility. Uh, he's at practices. He's not participating in five on five, but he's kind of in that assistant coach role. He's on the bench in games. He's been traveling with the team on their road trips. So it is a drastically different situation than we saw with Kawhi Leonard in San Antonio all those years ago where it was kind of 
a divorce from the team. In this case, he's been very invested. He's, he's at workouts, at practices, on the bench. Uh, so there's no breakdown in communication there. I think that it's just a, a tight timeline to try to bring a guy back from an ACL reconstruction. Absolutely so. And a reminder, the postseason last year in the NBA was not at this time in April and early May. It was later on based on the delayed start to last year's NBA regular season following the bubble two years ago. So, Lucas, we talked about the odds and how they've moved for this game spread a little bit more in favor of New Orleans from that opening number. The Clippers were minus 590 earlier this week to make the postseason on the FanDuel Sportsbook. A pretty clear indication that regardless of the result in Minneapolis on Tuesday night, the team that lost would still easily make it into the playoffs. What do you think the mentality right now is for LA as they enter this home matchup tonight against New Orleans? I think their mentality is is fine. I, I don't think that they are super concerned. I think they feel very confident. Like I said, they executed that game plan against Carl Anthony Towns perfectly on Tuesday. It was kind of the fallout once he fouled, fouled out of the game. They they lost a little bit of control in the chaos. So I think that this is a veteran group. They've won big games. They've won big games without their stars in the postseason last year. So I think that, that they feel confident and capable. Lucas Hand joining us here on the morning after on this Friday, working for 213 Hoops, covering all things LA Clippers as they get ready for a big game tonight inside the Crypto.com Arena against the New Orleans Pelicans. A play-in tournament win, and you're in as the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Lucas, thank you so much. Enjoy the game tonight, and best of luck to the Clippers. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Play-in tournament action in the Western Conference, also out in the East. An update to the odds here because they have moved. And as we round out our show here on this Friday, on the morning after, got to give you the latest lines as you get ready for your weekend slate. Now just two in favor of Atlanta. This is where it opened up in favor of the Hawks on the road in Cleveland tonight. It got as high as three yesterday, was two and a half earlier this morning. And again, that total has dropped by a pretty considerable margin as well. Down from two and a half points from an opening number at 225. It's 222 in a hook. Live right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. We've seen odds movement in both of the spreads and totals for the play-in tournament games in the NBA tonight. And we've seen tons of odds movement in the conference odds as well. That paints a picture for what we can expect in the NBA in this opening weekend of the opening rounds of the NBA postseason. Two final teams need to punch their ticket into the playoffs. For the eighth seed in the East, it's the Hawks and the Cavs. For the eighth seed in the West, it's the Clippers and the Pelicans. Our bye-bye-bye best bet for playing tournament action on a Friday is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. NBA playoffs are in the air and on the horizon. It starts in earnest with the first round tomorrow, but two final play-in tournament games tonight. In the Eastern Conference, it's the Hawks and the Cavs in Cleveland. In the West, it's the Clippers and the Pelicans in Los Angeles. We round out our two hours together here on a Friday on the morning after in just a couple of moments. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All across the Spiz Grizz Network as well. 
I am Ben Stevens. But before we say farewell and send you into your weekend, which we hope is very profitable, you need a best bet. So before we say goodbye, it's time for an NBA play in action. Best bet. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. I would be remiss if not for potentially one final time I did not make Mr. June my best bet. Of course, Mr. June, if you know, here on the morning after is Reggie Jackson for how prolific he was last year for the Clippers in the NBA postseason. Can Mr. June become Mr. April 15th tonight for the LA Clippers against the New Orleans Pelicans? His three-point prop is two and a half made threes on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The over has tons of plus money at plus 136. Reggie Jackson went over this two and a half made three-point prop in the play-in tournament game in Minnesota on Tuesday night. He was three of six from deep. Last year in the playoffs, which earned him the moniker Mr. June, he went over this number of two and a half made three-pointers in 15 of the 19 games for LA last year in the playoffs, including a span when he went over this number in eight straight games. Mr. June becomes Mr. April tonight for the Clippers against the Pelicans. Reggie Jackson over his three-point prop of two and a half at plus 136. The morning after, each and every weekday right here on SportsGrid. That starts at 9 a.m. Eastern time. I am Ben Stevens. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk on Monday.